Michael and Heifert present This Week in Horror. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Heifert. And I'm Sickle, and we're Sickle and Heifert. We're the Unhallowed Reviewers. We're talking about... Stuff. Stuff. It's our time of year. It is. Oh, it is. It's like right there. It's like we're so close. You can smell. You can smell the 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 leaves falling and the fake plastic smell of people getting their the toxic masks ready. October's Eve month. There's a shitload of good horror coming out in the next like five weeks. So. Oh, so much good stuff. So much good stuff. And it got all got kicked off with Barbarian. Yeah, that was a really good movie. It was really good. They Um, did a very good job. Yeah, I think I think it I think it's definitely gonna make my top ten. Spoilies. Yep. I, I don't see how it couldn't at this point. But that's There's not, not what we're gonna talk left. about today. You probably already wrote a wonderful <laughs> article on it, I hope. And if you haven't, then now you have to. So uh we're talking about other stuff. But go see Barbarian because it's legit good. Um There is some news we wanna talk about. I, I wanna talk about something else. I wanna do a little chit chat first because I have, like, I've gotten back into the cycle of, like, wanting to watch horror, and, um, I was watching this show on, on Shudder called The 101, like, Scariest Horror Scenes. It's, it's yes. really good. I it's really, very it's good. made me want to go back and watch movies I didn't even like. Like, I want to go watch It Follows again, and stuff like <laughs> that, because I'm like, oh, like, wow, maybe this movie is better than I thought it was, and I was just poo-pooing it, but it probably isn't, but it's got some good scaring scenes in it, so, um... Also been I also watched this really dumb movie on Hulu on uh, Voodoo, which is like my new obsession because Voodoo and Tubi are like the secret gems of horror. Uh, <laughs> I've been like cycling around Prime and Hulu and uh, Netflix and stuff, and it's just like the same stuff over and over again. But like Tubi and Voodoo are like, there's nothing you can't find on there. I swear. They got a lot of good stuff hiding. Yeah, and, and like, yeah, there's a, just go to their horror list. There's like thousands of movies. I realized that the other day there's a second and third Ginger Snaps, and I watched the second one. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, there's one on Voodoo called the 50 horror movies you've probably never seen, and some of them are like suggestions for old good horror movies. And like, I get why when these people talk about them. I'm not a huge documentary fan, so this is probably revolu- uh, revelatory to me only, because uh, other people who watch documentaries might totally or this is why they do it uh, i just have trouble sitting through documentaries most of the time if they're not about something i absolutely love so uh like the toys that made us the movies that made us are really easy but things like um the po- like political documentaries and stuff on like of, of historical events you can no, I'm, I'm out i'm good um but there's like stuff on there and i was like oh man i should go watch like the old this old movie because someone said it was good and it's got some really cool stuff and has some history. So, I don't know. That Those are two things you should... If you're looking for horror to watch that you might not have seen before or might have forgot about, go watch those things on, on Shudder and Voodoo because the Voodoo one's free and the Shudder one's not, but it's it'll remind you of some pretty good stuff. So Yeah, I, I, I think uh, some of the stuff I appreciated on it was, like, it gave me some affirmation on scenes that I really either enjoyed or impacted me a lot and like one in particular that i told people like it messed me up and i get kind of this like you know i don't know like oh it did like you know (laughs) you know oh really oh oh." and then they just like move on i'm like 
That scene is messed up because the acting is so good. But they brought up the scene from uh, Doctor Sleep when oh yeah, the little kid names the little kid gets his so that they're like yeah, it was creepy. I think that scene is incredibly uncomfortable. It's so messed up because that kid is such a good actor. Yeah, and you're like this kid's getting like torn apart and tortured and I legit thought that kid was gonna have trauma after. Like, yeah. like, there's no way that he's not going to have nightmares of that scene happening to him. <laughs> yeah, it was it was horrifying when I saw it the first time and, like, really messed with me. And, and like, anytime I ever explained it to somebody else who hadn't seen the movie or anything, they're just like, it sounds very mild compared to other things that you've seen. And I'm like, I, can't, I, I don't know what to tell you, because it doesn't show anything. It's, it's all in your, it's all with sound and the acting, like, the yep. performances and stuff, and it... So well done, because Flanagan just knows what he's doing. Yeah, I love Speaking that movie. Speaking of Flanagan, so we can good. move right into our news, I guess. Or maybe yeah. not news, but trailers. Anyway, we're going to talk about Flanagan later. I don't know what that means. But uh, the first piece of news we have is that uh, they're making a sequel to Constantine with Keanu Reeves. So, like, do I need to say more? I feel like that's, like, a, a amazing piece of news for everybody. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. I yeah. I, f- I feel like <laughs> I don't know if any this happened to anybody else, but like that it, Constantine, like when I first saw it, I was like, "This movie's awesome," and then I revisited it like I don't know five years later, and I was like, "Oh, this movie's not that good." And then I watched it again, and I was like, "Oh, this movie's awesome!" Like <laughs> I, I can't like it came back full circle, and I I have to say that. To me, hands down, the best in that movie is Peter Stormare as Satan. He does such a good job. Is that the guy in who, his... in uh, Drive Angry, plays the accountant? I think so. I, I've only seen Drive Angry once, and it was a long time ago. Okay. He's also the Russian from Armageddon. I don't know. I've never seen that movie. You've never seen Armageddon? Yeah, uh, he's like, you, one like of... you know what's going to happen. One of the bad guys. <laughs> he's one of the bad guys from... Uh... One of the bad Oh, yeah, he's movies. actually... You, the the better reference would have been he's in Until Dawn, which is what I... Like, he's, like, one of the main narrators in Until Dawn. What is he <laughs> else? But he's also... Yeah, he plays he's in so in much a ton other of stuff. stuff I know that is not Armageddon. <laughs> yeah, no, like, he's in a ton of stuff. Yeah, he's in... He's in a... Um, what is that show? American Gods. He's in that, too. Which I thought was a really cool show, if you've never seen it. The comic was really cool, too. But... Anyway, the Constantine is a sequel, and that's dope. And if, we don't know anything about it except for Keanu Reeves is going to be in it, and it's going to happen eventually. So, fingers crossed that it actually does. Tilda Swinton was awesome in that movie too. Okay, okay. she's awesome in every movie though. Like I think she's—I don't think she's had a movie that she wasn't good in. No, she's always she's an amazing actress. She's good. It's like, uh, yeah. Yeah, what were we talking about, like, Idris Elba the other day somewhere, where, like, he's always in weird movies, but, like, he's always really good in them, regardless of the movie yeah, around it. Yeah, he's okay. always good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's why I kind of wanted to see that, like, uh, that movie, A Thousand Years or whatever, about the genie, but I didn't, I don't know, it just wasn't in the mood for it. Anyway, uh, there's a new found footage, there's always new found footage coming out in Shudder, because Shudder understands that people like found footage horror, and I, I feel like... They can continue to do found footage horror till the end of time, and it will never be bad. And I'm really glad that things like Blair Witch and all these other influencers, probably that I'm forgetting about, started it because it's such a cool genre that people can experiment with all the time, you know. And 
they always find ways to do it, and it's great. You know, that's why we get things like Spree and Dashcam and and all the VHS movies and all that stuff. So keep it up, found footage horror people that actually care. There's one I remember called, like, uh, Monster Something, where, like, this found footage crew is following a vampire, a werewolf, and a demon through a house. Like, these people who say they're these things through a house, and then it ends up happening like they actually are, and they have to escape from this house that they're in. It wasn't that bad. But it was also pretty cool because it was kind of like a monster squad if monster squad was like more real. <laughs> and I'm yes. centering around one thing. Do you remember that movie? Did you see that movie? I do. I can't remember what it was called either. But I can, like I can even amazing, picture the cover. Like, right. But yeah. it was it was pretty good. But yeah. uh, they're coming out with another found footage called Dead Deadstream. It's supposed to be a found footage horror comedy. And I haven't really watched a lot of found footage comedy comedy. Like true horror comedy. Most of the found footage that I've seen is like funny because... I don't know, it's kind of, it's trying to be funny, but it doesn't really ever come off as funny. Like, I don't, Spree has funny parts, but it's, like, not funny, you know? And Dashcam has stuff where you're, like, you're kind of thinking about laughing, but I don't think you ever do. It's almost, like, <laughs> too real to truly commit to, hum to, to for it being humor. Uh, so if they're actually doing, like, a straight horror comedy found footage, um, I, those are rare, I think. And so that'd be interesting to see. I don't really know much more about it, but... Anytime it says Shutter found footage, I'm in, so. Yeah, I thought it looked pretty fun. Like, it looks like it's got a lot of, like, good practical effects stuff in it, too. Mm -hmm. Um, or the, the, where it's got, it's take, it's, it seems to be, like, you know, haunted house ghost stuff, but, like, the ghosts are very, like, physical, visceral manifestations as opposed to just, like, wispy things. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, I'm, I, I think that, I like that aspect of it. Yeah, and I mean, either on its t on its heels or before it, we get VHS ninety nine. So it's it's like, it sounded like you were saying it, it's on its tits. I'm like, maybe I was, but anyway, okay. two found footage in one month <laughs> is like a godsend. So, uh, finally, I think Sickle is more excited about this one. Well, not actually. I think Sickle is going to be happy about this one, but I'm actually excited too. I, it's weird because. Brandon Cronenberg and Mia Goth aren't two people that I would get really excited about, but if they're doing a movie that's NC-17, I just re and I just saw the episode of 101 Scares with the fly references. Like, I'm wondering if maybe we're going to finally get something that's actually, like, crazy out of Cronenberg. Because I feel like Mia Goth has been in X and Pearl, and they're kind of pushing her, at least from the... I didn't see Pearl yet, but I've heard it was okay. Um, or a lot of people are touting it. I just, I don't know if it's my kind of movie, but, um, have you heard anything about Pearl? No, I haven't. Okay. I mean, I know what it is, but I haven't heard anything from And then there's like really Maxine, which is the, the trilogy, right? Ty yeah. West's A24 trilogy. Um, she's kind of like being pushed as this, this crazy horror, not Scream Queen kind of character. Kind of Scream Queen, but not kind of Scream Queen. Like, she's someone who I feel like they're pushing the boundaries for her character a little bit in terms of what um, like she'll do in a horror movie I guess so her with Cronenberg could mean we either get crazy ass visceral stuff or it's just going to be another possessor yeah which I'm sure I... other people might like but not me <laughs> <laughs> but it's supposed to be yeah, NC-17 to... which is crazy to me because that doesn't get tossed out that often yeah, it, it reminded me that I hadn't even seen Crimes of the Future yet. Um, Is that another one that he did? Yeah, that was uh, David's, uh, David Cronenberg's most recent 
movie with uh, Viggo Mortensen and I, uh, Kristen Stewart. I can't remember who else is in it, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I just rem- was reminded that I still hadn't even seen that yet. But anyways, future. I yeah, and <laughs> but anyways, I I did see that they are appealing for the NC. I didn't even know David Cronenberg was still alive. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to go. This one looks kind of interesting. It's got some cool screenshots. Yeah, it's it's got some heavy practical effects stuff in it, but I don't know if it's uh, I don't know. It says it's like horror, suspense, sci-fi. I think, and I'm I don't know. From the trailer, it seems like it's very much more like on the sci-fi, really macabre drama side than pure horror. Like I I got kind of like uh, a more dark macabre version of Naked Lunch vibes from it. But anyways. Which is not really a horror movie at all. Hmm. It's got some really fun practical effects in it, though. Naked Lunch does. The guy has a lot uh, of ears sewn on him. That's for sure. He does. He's got... I love the like the overall concept of it. It's like a future where people are, like, mutating slash evolving, I think. Hmm. And they're, like... But then they're, like... But they're, it's, like, pseudo-evolving where they're, like, doing it to themselves i don't know it, it just seemed kind of interesting because people just keep like doing stuff like that to themselves like putting ears all over themselves and stuff but uh anyways I, the nc-17 thing they're appealing it to try to get it to be r um and hopefully usually with the appeal um i would assume what they're trying to do is say is this really that bad can we make it r and or if we're appealing, then they have to, you know, hopefully they'll return with, if you take this out, then we'll make it R. Like this one part or these two parts. And that's like the discussion that they have all the time. And I didn't know this about this, and I don't know if it's true. But uh, when I was reading up on it, um, I saw an individual speaking about how the MPAA, um, as much as some people hate it and the way that it um, it chooses its rating system and everything, uh, the main reason it exists is that as a private slash public entity or whatever it operates as, it's essentially a preventative measure to keep the government from uh, monitoring and managing managing and rating movies. Um, and so I so like even though people a lot of people don't like the MPAA, it operates as kind of like a necessary evil to keep the government from controlling that element. And I actually find a, that to be pretty important, you know? I feel like that's a pretty big deal. And so, I don't know, I, I like, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Like, the because, like, like, the big deal is that if they're making it R, they're compromising the elements of the film and, like, the what's actually in it. And... But if they don't, then NC-17 doesn't get carried nationwide in theaters. So it won't get near the amount of box office, which affects the returns, which means the studio's upset and they won't get as much money and blah, blah, blah. So it's hard for them to gauge that because it's like, do you want the thing that you made or do you want to compromise a little bit of it so that everybody sees it? Yeah, I think it's a bunch of horseshit from the theater perspective. Like, I think it's stupid that unrated slash NC-17 movies aren't shown more often, because, like, why? It, it doesn't really make sense to me why the, from the theater side. 
I mean, and that, the thing with the NPAA, like, that's good for any regulatory body to not directly be associated with government unless it's directly affecting the lives of people. I don't know that movie do, ratings do that very much. Like, in terms of, like, <laughs> like I'm glad that there's another body, too. Uh, I mean, even though if you're a conspiracy theorist, it doesn't matter anyway, but the idea is, is sound. To have, like, a regulatory body outside of the government. But it's mostly art, too, so they probably don't care, but it's a multi-million dollar industry, so they, maybe they do care. I have no idea, but it's kind of, it either. is, but, like... I think it's, like, the conspiracy theory side of, of me is, like, it doesn't matter anyway because everything is controlled by the Illuminati or whatever, so it doesn't matter if it's a government body or not, it's still not, it's not, like, anyway, it doesn't matter. But, you know, like, but outside of that, I, like, <laughs> I think that it's okay that, like, I mean, I think it's better for it to not to be controlled because, like, I feel like if, even with, you know, conspiracy theorist stuff, it I would hate that it's always in the back of my mind, like, is this a political move that this movie is getting this rating versus this rating or not getting released because of this? If it was overtly government controlled, I'd be like constantly like thinking about that. Like, well, are we actually getting the same type of communication through the, like the, or the same type of messaging that this, that the director intended and, and things like that. And it's just stuff that I would not want to worry about. And I think it's better for it to be, uh, the lesser of two evils, which is the MPAA thinking it's, you know, but I also like feel like be all. it's like giving something an NC 17 rating is basically saying that you're not going to make your movie. Like that's the kind of shitty part about that. It's, it, and it's not because of, it's because of the way the theaters work. And I, I, I when I was a young demon, I, I did work in the theater in hell and it's the same politics as in, in the earth. Cause it's such a good model for corruption and stuff. But, uh, <laughs> It's just a big, sh like, sham of stuff. It's like, Hollywood sells these, like, rents these films, like, back when it wasn't digital. It, even, it's probably the same now, but rents the canisters out, and they are basically just paying, the ticket prices mostly just pay for the rental fees for the movie, and the concessions is where they make their money, so that's why they say always buy concessions. And if you don't buy concessions, you're not supporting the theater. All this stuff, it, at least, you know, when I was younger, as a young demon, that's what it was like. But it's like the reasonings behind why they would show and not show movies were just are completely arbitrary, and it always has to do with the community around the theater. Like, <laughs> if we showed uh, this movie, we know we would get so much backlash, and it's like, okay, I'm done here. I'm done here. I'm off my high horse. Anyway, I don't care if it gets NC-17 or not, because I want to see it anyway. I want to see it more if it's NC-17. So, yeah. That says. <laughs> I remember that they talked about it, and we can move on after this, but I do remember that they mentioned something, that the, that there's this, like, nuance to um, leaving your movie unrated as opposed to NC-17, and that it, like, closes some windows but opens other windows, mm -hmm. and it gives you different avenues of which to operate, and obviously the MPAA doesn't want to reward you not rating your movie, but it does open up different avenues, and certain places like say i don't know i'm guessing because i have no idea if they would or not but like alamo draft house would be more inclined or open to doing different movies than and the movie doesn't other... have to be rated to be put on a streaming platforms in most cases like yes exactly like uh especially like shutter has tons of unrated like uh, now most of those movies would have been rated r maybe even sometimes pg-13 um 
but they're unrated because they don't go through the MPAA. Like, they and don't, they don't like need it. to get shown in theaters, which is a whole thing that goes into about like post-COVID lifestyles of movies. Like, will theaters actually survive if they continue to practice these dumb behaviors that no one else really cares about? Anyway, it's true, and it sucks <laughs> because I do like going to the movie theater, but. But that's what you said. Like, think places like Alamo are gonna like you know, do what their fans want, and the people going there want to be able to see stuff like that. So, yeah, you just have to not be like old fashioned and be willing to change. So, but a lot yep. of people aren't. Uh, so let's move on to some trailers real quick. Uh, so I only found two, and Sickle didn't have any trailers that he wanted to talk about. So we're gonna be oh, on short on trailers today. Unless wait, sorry, what? I said I'm lazy. <laughs> uh, I saw one for the Midnight Club. It doesn't matter what it's about to me in most cases for Midnight Club, but I will, we will talk about it. But it's by Mike Flanagan, so like I'm going to watch it anyway. But to me, it came off as kind of like a, an adult, are you afraid of the dark kind of style of show, but like with more storytelling in between the stories they tell. So there's like more of a through arc or whatever we're calling it for the art, uh, for the anthology movies uh, centering plot or whatever interlocking story I think yeah yeah called. interlocking yeah. story yeah so I'm, I'm interested yeah. it's going to be on Netflix so I'll watch it anyway because it's Mike Flanagan Netflix show <laughs> yeah it default gets a viewing just because of that um, but I, I wasn't particularly like digging the trailer that much just because it I mean like I really liked Are You Afraid of the Dark as a kid but I don't know if like, it definitely felt like it wasn't quite at, like, a higher quality, and that higher quality wasn't put into the effects work. Like, say, Creepshow, for example. Where I, don't, I, like I guess I like to differentiate that a little bit, because I don't feel like it was trying to go for practical, like, stuff. I don't think it was... I don't know if that is an argument against or for, or not even relevant to what you're saying, but, like, there wasn't a lot of, like, stuff that Creepshow would do, I just feel like because that's not the kind of show it is. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, I agree. It's so, different. Like, it's just not appealing as appealing to me. Are, yeah, that's, I mean, that's totally fair, too, because, like, the shadowy spoopy ghosts aren't always, like, and that's kind of what it seemed like, was more of, like, like a ghost thing instead of just, like, a, I don't know, creature thing. But I guess I'm yeah. not sure, so we'll have to see. I'm willing to watch it, so, though, because my plan of being involved, and that means it's going to have some pretty scary scenes in it, so... Yeah, exactly. But, but like, by comparison, I'm way more excited for Guillermo del, Guillermo del Toro's Cabin uh, of Curiosities. Yeah. That looks amazing. And I'm also looks more excited so for the Fall of House Usher that uh, Flanagan was Ooh, doing, yes. too. So I'm yep. okay with something in the interim. <laughs> and Cabinet's yes. coming out around the same time anyway. There's, like, again, just keep your eye on Netflix and, and like, stuff this month because there's just so much coming out on Netflix. So much. I do want to do a shout-out to... I, 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 I know that some people don't like it, um, but I'm a sucker for uh, when um, movie trailers, in particular horror movies, do uh, remakes of, like, old songs. And uh, I really liked the Possum Kingdom, uh, the Toadies Possum Kingdom song that they, like, redid they like readapted in that in trailer the midnight yeah, club trail yeah that was yeah cool. i really I, liked it <laughs> i like that too because i like yeah when you have the when you're able to show the the multifaceted nature of some of that music like that and how it can just with the right changes can be kind of spooky or kind of x so i agree 
Yeah, because that song's got kind of a goofiness to it on its normal, like like just with like the beat and everything and the way the guy sings it. But like the lyrics to the song are pretty dang dark, so like it fits really well with a horror movie and or like a horror anthology or whatever. Yeah. So I I thought that was a really cool idea. I thought you were going to say two different things there. One of them is I thought you were going to somehow talk about when the screaming starts, which is also kind of coming out soon, or this weekend, which I would not go see because it's like sells itself as a certain type of movie and it's just not that good. Because uh, it's like, oh, the, when the screaming starts is the next What We Do in the Shadows, and you're like, yeah, if you've never seen What We Do in the Shadows. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, and then the other thing I thought you were going to talk about was when uh, when uh, horror movies redo old movies. I thought you were going to talk to her talking about Hellraiser, like the new Hellraiser trailer. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, like, I am into that. I, I feel like Hulu uh, put themselves in a good spot to earn some um, good faith uh, yeah, it looks with cool. uh, Prey. I, I really liked Prey. I thought they did a great oh, yeah. job. It was Me the too. best Predator movie I'd seen in a while, and I, I loved the... It was, I thought it was a really good way of, like, almost reimagining the Predator, but not all the way and like oh man i'm still obsessed with the way they made that mask look mm-hmm. and everything it was so it's good. very windigo ish so i feel yes, like you I love really it. like that uh yeah. but yeah i think that hellraiser is going to be pretty interesting from the at the very least it's going to be sure. cool to see some modernized um cenobites so that'll be yes fun. yeah the, the last one is uh, called Knock at the Cabin, which is an M. Night Shyamalan movie. And now I'm going to say his name the way I like to say it. That's not, that's totally disrespectful. M. Night Shyamalan. Um, Shyamalan. So I said it right so I could say it badly. I know how to say it. <laughs> just being an asshole. Um, it's about a gay couple with a really cute little child who are staying in a cabin. And um, they are kind of imposed upon by these four people and at the end of the trailer they basically tell them that they're going to have to make a really hard decision or else the world will end and i had so many like things that i was wondering about there because like four people and end of the world makes me think of the four horsemen of the apocalypse right like so i wonder if there's going to be some allusions to like that because m night Shyamalan's movies m night Shyamalan's movies uh are typically based in some type of, like, religion or related to Christianity somehow. Um, it, more specifically, the crappening. Um, but I think all of his movies have, like, allusions to the people having at least some type of Christian-based faith. Um, so it could be that, right? But also I saw somewhere, and I don't know if this is true, because I, I just think I read it on Bloody Disgusting, but it's based on a book called The Cabin at the End of the World, which is something I really wanted to read a long time ago. But I just couldn't, I just didn't commit to it. I didn't buy it on Audible, but now I'm like, shit, I should have bought it. Because if this movie's based on it, I really want to read that book because I already wanted to, and now there's a reason to, so. Yeah, I, <laughs> like, given, you know, that, you know, Shyamalan's all about the twists and stuff, and I, I and I, I'm a big, f- I mean, I like most of his movies. Yeah, I didn't so. think... I didn't think old was that bad. Like, a lot of people bashed it pretty hard. It just hard. wasn't that good. I think it was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I wasn't upset that I watched it. Like, I was like, oh, okay, I cool. I think I was either. I, I was watched just it like, once. I guess that happened. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, like, it just wasn't one of those movies. I, like, there are movies that make me, like, at, like literally angry. 
that I watched it. And I was definitely not one of them. Um, but, like, I, like, when I think of old, and I remember the trailer and everything, I was like, I wasn't worried about or concerned about or thinking about how they were filling an hour and a half with that plot. Because I was like, okay, they've got to explain why they're aging the way they are, like, trying to figure that out. And then they're also trying to figure out how to get out. And I'm like, that's an hour and a half. Like, I can see how you would fill that time. This trailer, the way they set it up, I'm like, how are you filling a 90-minute runtime? Like, I'm, I just don't see it in the trailer, which oh, is with fine. The, yeah, well, that, that's, I think that's good, yeah. though, because you're like, what's Knock at the happen? cabin. Yeah, like, I just, you have no idea. And by the way, I love seeing uh, Dave Batista in a more, like, reserved role. It, yeah. There's some, like, I love the idea of using his size, like, his imposing figure um, w- in this, like, quiet, subdued personality. Like, it makes it, it, it gives you that, like, sense of, you know, dread, you know, in a sense. Because you're like, he, it seems like he's going to do something bad, and he's got the ability to do it by his size. But then at the same time, his personality is very, like, subdued and calm. Kind of reminds me of John Lynch from, um, uh, John Carroll Lynch from, uh, The Invitation. But the first one, not the other one, not the one that just came out. (laughs) But where, like, he's got that subdued, but, like, he's a big guy, you know? Do you remember that at all? I didn't watch that movie. Uh, I think that was one that you checked out when it was a Telluride. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's it's kind of the same thing. It just reminds me of that, and I don't know. I like that. I like that. It gives this really interesting, like, dichotomy with the way that it operates on the screen. But I don't know. I'm interested. I'm just curious how they're gonna, how that's gonna what's gonna happen in that that's gonna drive that runtime. Yeah. I mean, that's good though, because it's either gonna be really bad or really good. And you know, we got like a seventy five twenty five <laughs> split with him that Shyamalan. So. I'm just really glad that he's back to just making mo- like, who cares if people hate it? Just keep doing weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the way I feel. Yeah, I mean, just keep it. doing it. You know, they don't all have to be. No one. I don't think anybody really has like all good movies ever. You know, like if you yeah. look at the entire cin- film filmography, cinema, the whatever filmography of directors, like no one has absolutely hundred percent perfect movies. Probably really gonna fight. Some... People are gonna fight me on that. I don't. No, really, Scott's got some garbage in there. Christopher Nolan's got some garbage. Yeah, I was thinking more Spiel- even Nolan. Spielberg's <laughs> got some garbage in there. Yeah, and uh, I'm thinking and- like you know some of the older <laughs> ones too, like uh, older directors. That anyway, it doesn't matter. Like Alfred Hitchcock, if you're going to go back yeah. that far, probably has some stinkers. It doesn't matter though because like it's just part of the ebb and flow of being a director. I feel like so. One hundred percent, and I just I, I feel like he was kind of like. Devil was good for, too, but he didn't direct that, I guess. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like for lack of a better term, it's not the right th- it's not the right term, but he was like basically canceled after like after Earth and Avatar bombed, and see, I didn't even think that, like, that was that bad. I don't remember Earth though. After Earth, after it was it wasn't was that the great. Will Smith I, one. Yes. Okay. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't good. But at the same time, it's like it was still different. Like they were trying, he was trying some different stuff. I think the problem was, and I don't mean this as an offense to him, but he, they gave him too much of a budget. Like he's working off of too much, like visually, where he's not being forced to be clever and creative, which is where he's at his best. Like 
like the visit for example you know Science. like once he like that movie's went, freaky yeah like once he went back and like he like all of his stuff became more grounded and his budget shrank down it was all about like how does he drive you with the story and like make it interesting without having these big budgets and that's where he thrives i feel like and so it seems like he's gone back into that groove since the visit and now he's like doing all these like lower budget things and i'm like this is where you should be it's kind of like where um uh <laughs> neil blomkamp's at with oat studios like mm-hmm. just keep doing that stuff that stuff's awesome yeah, it, but like don't try to just do your own thing yes yeah exactly all right, well, that's all we got for today. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, if you like what we talked about, let us know. If you don't, also let us know, I guess. Uh, any, any news is good news. <laughs> and uh, like, comment, subscribe, and we'll see you next time. See ya.